Welcome to DNS North Podcast. My name is Philippe Cascrain, and I'm joined tonight by my co-hosts Dan Byers and Adrienne Marshall. How are you, Dan? I'm really good. How are you, man? I'm great. And you, Adrienne? I'm doing well, thanks. For today's episode, we have speaker Liz Marley joining us. How are you, Liz? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. Great. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you're from, what you do? Sure. Um, I currently live in Seattle, and I've been here about 10 years, so I think, and I didn't travel for Christmas or Thanksgiving this year, so I think that means I'm allowed to call Seattle home now. Um, <laughs> it does take a while to feel like a native here, but um, yeah, I live in Seattle where the gloom makes it easy to stare at a computer all day. Um, Is that really true? I, I keep hearing about that, but I, I have a hard time thinking, you're in the Pacific Northwest. It's a beautiful piece of land. It, it is amazingly beautiful when the sun shines, but uh, that's yeah. a bit rare this time of year. Where were you before moving to Seattle? Uh, I went to school in Southern California, a tiny engineering school called Harvey Mudd. Huh. And you were you in a, uh, studying engineering there? Uh, I majored in computer science. And then when I started my first job, supposed to be a software developer job, and the first day on the job, they said, hey, you know, we also need some testers. Do you want to work in QA? And being the arrogant, fresh graduate that I was, I thought, well, I know all about software development, but I don't know that much about QA. Why don't I try it out? Um, needless to say, I didn't actually know everything there is to know about software development. But um, so I spent two years at that job testing uh, on a Windows platform. And then I wanted to move to Seattle because I was dating someone who was in Seattle, who is now my wonderful husband. But anyway, um, so I went hunting for a job and found a job posting for a software tester on Mac software with um, free lunch, free dinner, office cat. I was like, this place is not for real. Um, <laughs> but in fact, the Omni Group hired me to be at that time, the only software tester. And I did that all the way through this past summer. Wow. And were you familiar with Max much? Like, had you used them quite a bit in the past? Yeah. Um, growing up, we always, I don't remember not having a computer, though I'm sure there was a point before we had a computer. And the computer was always an Apple. And when I went off to college, I got a Mac. So... Windows was just a couple years to pay the bills. I always wanted to come back to Mac software. It's, it's the thing you had to do to uh, to get get ahead in the world. Yep. And also, it probably made you an, a little bit of an outsider because you came in from the Mac platform, so you could find more innovative ways to break software. Yeah, I do recall making a few stupid mistakes that proved to uncover some pretty nasty bugs. The hallmarks of a great tester. So what made you get into computer science way back when? Um, well, I started as an engineering major, but the first engineering class that you have to take at Harvey Mudd requires, it's basically a series of group projects. 
And at that point, I hated group projects. And so I'm like, I am not doing this. And I couldn't even bring myself to sign up for the class, whereas I had a lot of fun in the intro to computer science class. So I signed up for another one of those, which basically at that point determined my major. Ah, very good. But it turns out, as I've spent time in testing and product management and now as a developer myself, it turns out computer science is not a way to escape group projects either. Pretty much everything <laughs> is a group project now. So you're you're so you finished school, moved up to Seattle, found the job at at, at working on doing QA on Macs or Mac software. Um, you must have been a huge, uh, uh, huge welcoming sight to uh, to the group there, um, just to have a new person focused on QA. There was someone there before me, but he had left, so I. I was the only one at the moment, and so I kind of had to reinvent what that role was, what the team was. And how big was Omni at the time? Um, that was two offices ago. I think it was, we were about 20 to 30 people. Okay. And some cats, obviously. Yes. Lotus the cat. So can you tell us a little bit more about the Omni group? So what what does uh, what do you do about not necessarily you, but what does Omni do too? Sure. Um, Omni makes productivity apps for Mac and now for iOS and Apple Watch. And um, that was one of the cool things about testing there is shortly after I started, Apple sent us um, an Intel box and suddenly I was testing all our apps on that hardware. And then iOS came along and then the iPad and the watch. So I've had a lot of opportunities to test on brand new platforms. Um, and I think that's one thing Omni does well is embracing each new Apple platform as it makes sense for productivity as they come along. We're, we often have OmniFocus or OmniPlan or OmniGraffle in the App Store on day one of a new OS, a new platform. My first exposure to Omni software was through uh, OmniWeb, the web browser. And after that, it was uh, the bundled versions of uh, Omni Outliner and things like that uh, way back in the uh, 10.2, 10.3 days. Sure. Uh, Omni is also known for their pricing strategy, which is, um, I want to call it sustainable. But do you have any, any more insights on this? Um, sustainability is definitely our goal um, because... We value customer service a lot, and we can't provide customer service if we don't exist anymore. We have folks who are standing by to answer email and answer phone calls. Wait, phone calls? Yeah, we answer the phone. Every week in the company meeting, we report how many hours our folks spent on the phone the week before. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, it's no good selling someone software if... They're not going to be able to figure out how to use it. Obviously, we designed the software to be as usable as possible, but there's still going to be bugs or confusions or questions, and we really want folks to be productive in whatever they're trying to do. So is the support organization fairly large at, at Omni then? Um, 
I'm not sure the exact count right now. We've actually got a bunch of movement going on. We had some support folks move over to test because um, that's what they were more enthusiastic about, and we needed more testers. Hmm. And in fact, we are hiring in several roles, including a Mac or iOS developer. There we go, folks. If you're listening to this pretty promptly after it airs, I recommend you go to our webpage and check out the jobs. <laughs> what kind of things would uh, someone do at Omni? There's uh, obviously testing and there's uh, um, software development. There's probably some product management going on because it's getting, it's getting pretty big. It's in, what, the 50, 60 people now? Yeah, we're about 60 people, maybe a few more. And yeah, we're, I think we're hiring for developer support and for somebody in graphic design right now. You know, we've got the website and we've got some graphics, um, you know, on our product pages and all that that need designing too. Uh, you need to you need to keep them updated and fresh. That's something that we know a lot uh, just from our own little websites that needs to be redone every year. <laughs> sure, and Apple gives us reasons to redo just about <laughs> everything every year. <laughs> uh, that that makes everything fresh and fun, right? Right. <laughs> so to, if you were to try to convince somebody to come work at Omni Group, what would you say is the the best thing about Omni that you that you like? food <laughs> Phil doesn't even um, work there the food is the food is pretty good but I think what's more important is that we all we all feel a lot of collective pride in our work and we we work together towards a shared goal and we do try to incorporate each other's ideas and I think it's really more of a team than I hear about some of these like hierarchical fiefdoms or places where test and engineering are in combat with each other. And I don't, I don't feel that at Omni. Right. So it's not the throat of what evolved from development to testing. It's more of a collaborative effort. Right. That's handy. That's nice. And, at Omni also, uh, people are pretty much all on site. There's not a whole lot of remote work, which is kind of odd in today's uh, work culture. That's true. Um, we do let people work from home occasionally, you know, if you've got a family thing going on or whatever. But we really value um, working together face-to-face, -to -face and we... We want to be friends with each other. We, we'd rather work with our friends than um, work with enemies or something. So and, and in isolation, too, I guess. Right, right. Yeah. So you you recently um, transitioned yourself, right, between or from QA um, into more of an engineering role, I guess? That's true. Um, it was on the test team at Omni until the summer, and then I felt like, you know, I got this computer science degree once upon a time and I'm kind of stalling out on what more I can learn in testing. I really want to get back to learning. And so they let me jump in way over my head and become a developer on the OmniPlan team. 
That is a hallmark of a great boss to let you jump in way over your head. Yeah. Um, I, I really resonated with something Janie Clayton said on the podcast a few episodes ago about the there's just so much to learn and you could just um, hurry constantly just to stay in one place yeah. without even making progress. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure if you're, you, it's just quite the fire hose of uh, of uh, of content to, to to pour over, eh, and to get familiar with. Yeah, there's Apple stuff and Omni's stuff because Omni's been building up our own frameworks and libraries for over 20 years, so <laughs> there's a lot of code there to learn. Oh wow, yeah. So how have you done it? Like, what what have you used for resources and whatnot? Have you like what's your what's your trick? Actually, my accidental trick is that I went and got excited about an API that was just announced this summer. And so I have sort of become accidentally the local expert on the XCUI application testing frameworks. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I'm working right now with a third-party framework called Snapshot from Fastlane to automate taking all of our screenshots for the app store. Yeah, once you have more than one or two languages, it becomes super tedious. Yeah, you've got like five screenshots and I don't remember the math, like another five devices and nine languages and you multiply that all together and you get really bored really fast. <laughs> so that feels to me like a good target for automation. Um, Jumping back to, um, so you have a degree in computer science. Did you find that stuff you had learned or you remembered from 10 years ago was useful today? Or did some of that knowledge just become so passe that it was not no longer useful? I think some core principles are going to apply no matter what language, what platform you're on. Um, things like debugging or your basic data structures, arrays, and whatnot. And beyond that, I think they did a fairly good job at MUD of teaching us how to learn new languages. Like every class I took was taught in a different language. So I don't have a very deep knowledge of C++ or Java or Prolog, but as I learned each new language, I started to see patterns across languages and ways to get my head around a new language. And so even now, while I'm jumping back and forth between Objective-C and Swift, I feel like some of that learning is still carrying with me. So you mentioned that Omni has some uh, open source frameworks that uh, you can get from their website, and I think it's on GitHub now. But what about what about you? What about your your work in the iOS or Mac community? Sure. Yes, our code is on GitHub. Um, but beyond that, uh, one of the ways that I've gotten involved in the community is through App Camp for Girls. This is helping middle school girls see what it's like to build a software app. Um, because right around middle school is an age where girls start hearing that software development 
is a boy thing. It's science, math, all those things are for boys and not for them. And so we wanted to just show them that it absolutely can be for them. I think that's really important, especially, like, I know one of the things that came into play when I was growing up is, like, if you can't see it, it's really hard to be it. And so I think what you're doing is really, really important. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think one of the things the girls discover during that week, because we don't just teach them how to code, we have them build an entire, admittedly simple, but an entire app from basic idea all the way through to we have built this app, we have tested it, we have created artwork for it, and we are presenting it to um, people in the industry to see what they think of it. So during the week, the developers discover that um, software development needs artists, it needs designers, it needs people who can lead a team, it needs storytellers, and of course it needs people who write code. I love that you call them developers, not girls. <laughs> yeah, we, we do try during the week of camp to call them developers because that's what they're doing. And, you know, by the time you're 13 or so, the word girl can sometimes start to feel a little bit diminishing. Mm -hmm. Like you're being pigeonholed into something. Right. Whereas developer is kind of like, I'm going to build something. It's completely open-ended. Yeah. And we're we're very serious about using the real tools. You know, day one, here's a MacBook Pro. Here's Xcode. Let's go. And here's an iPod Touch. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we had uh, at NS North 2014, we had uh, uh, Michelle who came on and did a, a quick demo of the apps. And she brought a whole slew of iPod Touches of all different colors, but preloaded with all the apps. It was awesome. Very fun. Um, so when you're not banging away at the keyboard or uh, trying to figure out a complex bug, uh, what, what are your interests outside of tech? Um, mostly knitting. I... I am fond of turning yarn into clothing and other useful objects. Nice. Have you tried the giant arm knitting thing that I've seen on the internet? I've seen it. I haven't actually tried it yet. Instead, I tend to work with needles that are about the size of toothpicks and, you know, knit socks and things. Um, but one thing I like about knitting that I think is kind of like code is that you can just build something and if it works great and if it's not working you can rip it out and try again and it's not like um sewing where you're like cutting and seaming and and it's permanent and you have to start over if you make a really bad mistake you can just un unravel the yarn and it's just there waiting to be made into something else essentially it's undo yeah Knitting has a very, very effective undo button. You just pull out your needles, take the end of the yarn, and start yanking on it, and your knitting will just gently fall apart. That was a really nice comparison. So what do you like to knit? At the moment, I am knitting a thing called a scowl. It is part cowl and part scarf, and I find the name scowl. Quite delightful. <laughs> it's like you're not sure if there's scorn involved or something. Right, right. 
And it's probably super comfortable, too. I was going to say for that damp Seattle weather. That's the idea. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Liz. What's the best way for someone to get in touch with you? I am at emarley on Twitter, just about 23 hours a day. Well, okay, I sleep a little more than that. (laughs) Twitter. Great. You can learn more about our conference by visiting our website at nsnorth.ca. Tickets are still available. Also, be sure to follow us for, for updates on Medium and Twitter at NSNorth. Thanks for listening. Please join us again next time to meet another great speaker. Dan, how can people get in touch with you? On Twitter, I'm at underscore Dan Byers. And you can reach me on, send me an email at dan at nsnorth.ca. And Adrienne, how can people reach you? Also, always on Twitter at AdrienRM, or you can send me an email at Adrian at NSNorth.ca. And I am at PhilipC on Twitter, or you can email me at Phil at NSNorth.ca. See you soon. Thank you.